From now until pretty much the rest of the Masechta, except for a little bit in the middle where we go a bit sidetracked, the Mishnah lists all of the various Averas which one could violate, which would make him liable to one of the four death penalties. Skila, stoning, Srefa, being burnt, Hereg being beheaded, and Chenek being strangled. And once again, the Mishnah is going to begin from Skila, which is the most severe form of death which the Beistin would give, for the more severe Averis. And first the Mishnah gives the list of the 18 Averis, for which one would be liable to the death penalty of Skila, and then it goes into a few details regarding some of them. Elohim and Skolin, the following people are liable to the punishment of Skila. And the way that we know it for each of these is because either the Torah says explicitly that his punishment is Skila, or the Torah says the words Demehem Bom, or Domov Boy which literally means their blood is upon them. And it's learnt from within the Pesukim that that term also comes to teach that he is punished by the punishment of Skila. Now, the first seven out of these 18 Averas involve forbidden relations. Firstly, Abuelo Eiman, who has relations with his mother, or with his father's wife, even if it is not his mother, or he has relations with his daughter-in-law, Val Hazur, or with another man, Val Habehema, or with an animal, or if a woman has relations, she lies down with an animal. So we've mentioned six so far. The truth is the seventh one, which involves forbidden relations, will be mentioned later on in the Mishnah. So so far we have six Averas which involve forbidden relations and are punished by Skila. Now, eight out of these eighteen Averas involve something to do with idolatry, or not having proper emunah in Hashem. The Hamagadev, one who curses Hashem. The Ibn Abdul Zara, one who serves idolatry in the regular way that it is served. The Hanesim Zayla Moilech, and one who passes his children through fire for the Avid Zara of Moilech. That was their practice, and that will be discussed in more detail in a couple of Mishnah's time. Ubal Oiv Yedoni, these are two different forms of trying to awake the dead and to tell the future via speaking with the dead. And again, the Mishnah will discuss details in a couple of Mishnah's time. So now we've mentioned five out of eight which involve idolatrous practices. Now the Mishnah lists a couple of individual Averis. One who transgresses Shabbos is, is liable to the most severe death penalty of Skila, the Hamakalah of the Imoi. One who curses his father or mother, the Hamakbal in Arama One who has relations with a woman who is between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half years old when she is in Arusa. And Arusa means that she has received the first part of a marriage, Kedushin, but she hasn't yet completed the marriage. However, as soon as she has received Kedushin, she's forbidden to have relations with anybody else. And if somebody has relations with her when she is of this age, in this position, they would be liable to Skila. So this is actually the seventh Aveira which involves having illegal relations. All right, and now we go back to another three Aveiras regarding idolatrous practices, the Hamesis. One who convinces an individual to worship Abed Zorah. One who influences a large group of people, perhaps an entire city, to serve Abed Zorah. He is also punished by Skila. And one who practices witchcraft. So we've listed 17 Averis, 7 to do with illegal relations, 8 to do with idolatrous practices. And we mentioned two other individual Averis, breaking Shabbos and cursing one's parents. And now we mention a third individual one not connected to the rest, Ben Somebody who is a Ben The next parak will go into vast details 
about a Ben Sarah but simply put, this refers to somebody who is around 13 years old, who rebels against his parents, and does many different things, and the combination of all of those things give him the status of a Ben Sarah for which he would be killed by Skila. So this is the list, and now the Mishnah goes into some details of these Averas. Habalo Aim, one who has relations with his mother, he can be liable for that Avera, even though he only did one act, he can be liable for having transgressed two different Averas. One is that he had relations with his mother, and as well as that, he also had relations with his father's wife. That's a separate prohibition, and even though, of course, he can only be killed once, this makes a difference if he violated this by mistake. In which case, his punishment is that he needs to bring a carbon. So if he violated two transgressions, he would need to bring two carbonis. Carbon uh, chatos. Rabbi Huda says, He is only liable for having transgressed the prohibition of having relations with his mother. And Rabbi Huda learns this from a posuk. Now, it seems that the mission is talking about a case where his father has already died. Because otherwise, or at least his father divorced her. Because otherwise, he would have violated a third prohibition of having relations with a woman who is married to another man. Alright, next example, Abal Av, when has relations with his father's wife, who is not his mother, if she is also married at the time to his father, then he would be liable for the Avera of having relations with his father's wife and with any man's wife, or a married woman. This applies whether his father is still alive, or even after his father has died. The prohibition to have relations with one's father's wife remains even after the father has died. Whether the father had only gone through the first stage of marriage with her, Eresin, also known as Kiddushin, or if they had been fully married, Habal Kalosai, next one who has relations with his daughter-in-law, is liable for having transgressed the prohibition of having relations with one's daughter-in-law, and for having relations with a married woman if she is married at the time. And the prohibition of having relations with one's daughter-in-law applies whether his son is still alive, or even once his son has already died. Once again, it's whether the son had only gone through the first stage of marriage, the Eresin, and all the more so if they had gone through the entire marriage and they had been fully married, or are fully married. Next, the Mishnah listed Habal Hazukhur, one who has relations with another man, Val or with an animal, or if a woman has relations with a man. And the Torah says that when a person has relations with an animal, not only is the man or the woman involved stoned with skila, but the Pasuk also says that the animal also needs to be stoned to death. And the Mishnah asks, in Adam Chata, if a person sinned, in what way did the animal sin that the animal is being stoned to death? Obviously, this is not relevant to punish an animal. The Mishnah answers, But because a error, a avira, came about to a person through this animal, Therefore, the Torah said that such an animal needs to be stoned. Another explanation for why the animal is stoned is because the Torah has so much pity, even on somebody like this, that he shouldn't be embarrassed. So that this animal doesn't pass in the marketplace for Yomru. And people will say, ah, This is the animal which caused that person to be stoned. Because he had relations with this animal. This is humiliating for the person who did the Avera. And because of that, the Torah said that the animal should be killed. Mishnah Hey, one of the other people on the list was Hamagadef. One who curses Hashem. 
And Hashem, he is only liable if he says Hashem's name explicitly. And the Gemara adds, as we're about to see in the next part of the Mishnah even, that he's only liable if he curses Hashem's name with Hashem's name. And the Mishnah, we'll see this in the Mishnah now. Omar Bishon ben Karcha. Bishon ben Karcha said, Bechol Yoim, on every day that they are judging the case, throughout all of the debating and testifying of the witnesses in Beistin, Donim es ha'edim bekinui. They would judge and hear from the witnesses what the person had said, but not exactly what he said, rather bekinui, with a substitute name. Yake yoiseis yoisei. The Adam should say that this person said, Yoisi should hit Yoisi. Yoisi over here is a code word for Hashem. But we don't want them to be mentioning Hashem's name explicitly, especially if it's together with a curse. That's a big hill of Hashem, a desecration of Hashem's name. And therefore, they should use a substitute name, Yoisi. By the way, over here we see that he has to curse Hashem's name with Hashem's name. He says that Yoisi, which is the code word for Hashem, should hit Yoisi. The reason why they use specifically the word Yoisi is because it has four letters, just like Hashem's explicit name, Yudke Vovke, has four letters. It's also the gematria, the numerical value of Elohim, which is one of Hashem's names. Be as it may, this is how they would go through the judgment. However, Nigmar Hadin, when they reached the verdict, the time to pronounce him guilty and to give him the death penalty, they can't kill somebody based on this kinui, this substitute name. They haven't yet heard from the witnesses exactly what the person said. So halakhically speaking, they haven't really yet heard the testimony. So they bring everybody outside. They send everybody who is not part of the basin itself and is not the witnesses. They tell everybody to go out. Even the scribes would be forced out. The Shalin Sagodoshbahen and the Bastin ask the greater ones of the the greater one of the witnesses to say exactly what he heard. They tell him, say what you heard explicitly, and he would say it exactly. And at that point, the judges would all stand up on their feet because they, they heard Hashem's explicit name. The Koyin, they would tear their clothes, and they would never fully repair their clothes ever again. They need to do this to show their grief and pain over the Chil Hashem, which is caused by such a statement. The Hasheni and the second witness, he also needs to say what he heard. One witness's testimony is not enough. Now, in general, both witnesses would need to testify what they heard or what they saw, whatever it may be. But in this case, the Hasheni, the second one should just say, I am exactly the same as him. I heard the same thing, but he shouldn't repeat it himself in order to minimize the Chil Hashem. And if there is a third witness with them, even though only two witnesses are necessary, if there is a third one with them, and they came together, then he also needs to testify. So the third one would also add that I am like him, I heard the same thing. One who serves idolatry in the way that is the regular way to serve that particular idol, he is also liable to the death penalty. Whether he serve it in its regular way, or if he does any of the following four services for the Avedazara, even if it's not the regular way of serving that particular idol, nevertheless, since these services are things which were done in the Beis HaMikdash for the sake of Hashem, if anybody does that for the sake of an idol, even if it's not regular for that particular idol, he would still be liable to Skila. So for example, Echad Al-Zeveach, one who slaughters an animal for that idol, Echad Al-Mekater, one who offers a sacrifice of spices to that idol, Echad al one who pours wine as an offering for that idol, 
and a subcategory of this would also be to throw blood towards the idol, blood of the animal which was slaughtered, or if somebody bows down to the idol. Alright, now the Mishnah adds, also one who accepts the idol upon himself as a god, as a power, even if it's not in front of the idol, or somebody who says to the idol, you are my god, you are my power. Even though in this case he didn't explicitly say that he's accepting upon himself that thing as his god, the mere fact that he said to the idol, you are my god, that is enough to make him liable to Skila. Avol, however, says the Mishnah, Hamagapif, one who hugs the idol, Vahamanashek, one who kisses it, Vahamachabid, one who sweeps in front of it, Vahamarabits, one who pours water on it in order to clean it, Vahamarchets, one who washes it, Hasoch, one who rubs oil on it, Vahamalbish, one who dresses it with clothes, Vahamanil, or he puts shoes on it. These are not things which are actually the service of the Avedizara, rather it's showing honour to the idolatry. So over Belisase, he transgresses the prohibition of serving Avedizara. However, he is not liable to the death penalty of Skila because it is not a full service. In addition to that, Hanoider Bishmoi, one who makes a neder, he makes a vow to prohibit himself to benefit from something. And the way that that is generally done is that somebody says, uh, for example, this piece of bread should be forbidden upon me like a korban. Just like it's forbidden to benefit from a korban, so too it should be forbidden for me to benefit from this bread. That is how a neder works. So if somebody says, this bread should be forbidden upon me like a korban bought for a particular avodah that would also be forbidden now Kaim Bishmai, one who makes a Shavua, an oath, by the name of the Avedizara. Once again, he transgresses a negative prohibition, an Avera, because the Pasuk says, you should not mention the name of other gods. And that's certainly at least referring to a case where somebody is making a neder, a vow, or an oath. The next two examples of the Mishnah come to show that if somebody serves Avedizara in the regular way that it is served, even if it happens to be that in a general case, what he is doing is considered to be a disgrace. But if that's the way that that Avedizara is served, he would be liable. For example, a per atzmein val per one who excuses himself in front of the idol known as Baal Pa'ur. In general, this is a huge disgrace. However, in this case, Zohi Avedosai, that is the way to serve the Avedizara. So he would be liable. And similarly, Hazarik Evan Markulis, one who throws a stone to an Avedizara called Markulis, even though in general that could be looked upon as something disgraceful, over here, that is the way, Zohi Avedosai, that is the way to serve it. So he would be liable. Markulis was made up of two stones next to each other with a stone on top of it. And people would set them up in all sorts of places and that would become an idol for them. And if some, the way to serve it was to throw a stone towards it. One who gives his children or his child over to the Avedizara of Moilech. In Chayev, he is not liable unless he gives over his child to the priests of that Avedizara of Moilech. And either he or the priest passes his, his child through the fire. That is the way that that Avedizara was done. If he gave over his child to the priests of the Moilech Avedizara, but they didn't pass a child through the fire, or he passed the child through the fire, but he didn't give the child over to the priests of Moilech, he's not liable unless he both gives it to the priests and he passes the child through the fire. Next, somebody who practices Oiv, this is somebody who seeks advice 
from a dead person's spirit which speaks through his armpit. That's where the voice comes out. The Edoini. Edoini is a very similar practice, but Zehmedabibifiv, this is where he would take, the, the, the spirit would speak through his mouth, and he would take the bone of a creature called a Yadua, and he would put the bone in his mouth, and the spirit would speak through his mouth. One who does this, once again, Haridu Biskila, who would be liable to the punishment of Skila, the Hanishal Bohem, and one who comes to seek a Baal over Yadoini, he asks someone else to raise a spirit for his sake, but as horror, that would be a warning, literally, it means that he violates a prohibition of going to such people, but it would not be punished by Skilo because he himself did not do it. Mishnaches, another one on the list, was Amachal Shabbos, one who violates Shabbos. One is liable to Skilo only if he does something whose punishment, when done on purpose, intentionally, is Kores, where he's, so to speak, cut off from Hashem, he dies early. There's different explanations for what exactly Kores is. And the punishment for violating such an Avera unintentionally is that he has to bring Korban Chatos. For something like that, if he does it in front of witnesses who give him a warning not to do it, then he would get the death penalty of Skila. It's important to note, all of the examples which are bringing here where somebody gets a death penalty, that's only if two witnesses saw him and gave him warning. If that didn't happen, but he violated that, but he violated that Avera intentionally, he would receive the punishment of Kores, which is also a death, just so the Basin wouldn't give it to him. Hashem would take care of it. And the mission is saying that when it comes to Shabbos, there are 39 forbidden forms of work whose punishment is Kores, or if it's done unintentionally, he would bring Korban Chatos, and for that type of Avera, he would receive the death penalty of Skila. Alright, one who curses his father or mother, is only liable if he curses them with Hashem's name. If he cursed them with a substitute name for Hashem, for example, he said that the merciful one should curse them, Rameir Mechaev, Rameir says that he is liable, the Chachom patron, the Chachomim say that he is exempt.